This is Speaking with the Enemy on the Thai Cats Audio Network. Here is Louis Butko. Yes, the show is Speaking with the Enemy. The Enemy this week, the Montreal Alouettes. And to discuss that, we bring in their digital content reporter, Joey Alfieri. And uh, Joey, this team's playing with a lot of confidence coming off a, a pretty big win last week. Yeah, they are. The offense has uh, really gotten going. And they had some red zone issues at the beginning of the season. But in the last couple of weeks, Anthony Calvillo has been calling the plays and they've really sorted that out. I think they're nine for 11 uh, in the red zone in those two games. Defensively, still, you know, a little bit of a work in progress, but things have gotten better. They came up with a huge turnover uh, in the Ottawa game that led to the uh, what ended up being the winning touchdown. Uh, so uh, things are things are coming along nicely here in uh, in Montreal. Trevor Harris coming off a, a CFL top performer uh, for week seven. What's been the key to his success? Is it Calvio calling the plays? Is it an improved play from him? What have you seen from uh, Trevor Harris? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of everything. I think they kind of put him in a in a real comfortable spot and he's been executing the game plan. I think, you know, if you follow Trevor Harris's career, you realize that when the ball comes out of his hands, uh, quickly, that's when he's more efficient. So, you know, the protection has been there. The protection's also been aided by the fact that he is getting the ball out quickly. And I think in the last couple of weeks, I mean, you saw it last week, they've distributed the ball real well. Uh, I think they had eight different guys catch a pass last week. They targeted nine different players. Uh, Herji Mayala had a big game. Um, so uh, Reggie White also had a big game. And, you know, that's what Geno Lewis catching a touchdown uh, and catching a two-point convert. But I think he had less than 40 yards in the game. Uh, Jake Winicky's gotten more and more involved. So he's spreading the ball around. He took care of the football last week. He's been on point. He's been vintage Trevor Harris. And I, I'd expect that to continue. You mentioned Jake Winicky because uh, he was such a, he was a player everybody was watching this year, sort of in the same vein of uh, like Tim White and, uh, uh, and, and Stephen Dunbar, how they were going to make the jump uh, it, with a new season. So I know it started a little bit slower for Jake, but how is he, progressed and and how important is it for him and Trevor to find chemistry on and off the field for this team to be successful? Yeah, I, I think it's really important. I mean, he, he's going into this year. He was clearly their number two guy uh, behind Gino Lewis led the CFL in touchdowns uh, a year ago. Uh, so that's how important he is. He's physically imposing guy has really good hands. And I know people are going to look at the numbers and they're going to say, well, it's not the Jake Winicky we're accustomed to seeing. I think you're starting to see it come around. And, and for those who are outside of Montreal, maybe you don't realize, but he missed a, a real big chunk of training camp uh, because of an injury. So uh, I think that contributes to the, uh, to the slow-ish kind of start. But he's had you know solid days at the office in two of the last three games. So I, I think you're starting to see it come around. He made that great one-handed catch. Uh, in a clutch moment in Ottawa last week in the fourth quarter. So uh, he's a guy who's just starting to round into form, and I wouldn't be surprised if you saw him get even more touches in the red zone. Had the two-point convert uh, last week, but I think you'll see him be utilized in the red zone. Let's stick, with, let's stick with the offense. How big of an impact is uh, Sean Jamieson coming back? What uh, What does that mean for this offensive line? Yeah, I mean, he's a veteran guy. He's a leader. You know, he's, he's the guy who's going to, you know, call out the signals. Uh, you know, he has that experience. I think David Brown, a former uh, Western Mustang, did a real good job uh, in Jamison's absence. And now, you know, David Brown goes to being the, the sixth lineman again. I, I, In my opinion, he's the best sixth lineman in the league. He's a guy who can probably start on most teams in the CFL. Um, but, you know, getting Jamison back, you know, he, he is a guy who's been there. 
uh, done that, came back a lot sooner than uh, initially anticipated. I think they thought he'd be out six to eight weeks, and he's back after just four weeks, missed three games. Um, so that'll be good for, you know, against, especially against a Hamilton team that has a real good front seven. Uh, you know, I think when anytime you can get your your big starting five back, I think, you you know, you want to you wanna go into a road game, especially with that. Uh, speaking of uh, front seven, let's talk about Montreal's uh, front seven. Uh, Don Jackson today had a lot of good things to say about Armando Sewell and what he's capable of doing. Obviously, those guys saw a lot of each other back in their Calgary and Edmonton days. I, I, I'm sure he would admit last season, and maybe fans would agree with this, last season was not what he was expecting you know, in terms of totals, but he really seems to have started this year a lot stronger. Yeah, I mean, I still thought he was pretty good last year, to be honest with you. But, I mean, Mondo's still getting that push up the middle, man. I mean, he's just – we saw a couple of weeks ago uh, in Regina when uh, he was away from the team for personal reasons. It's just the defensive line isn't the same without him. I, you know, I think there's guys there that are good and productive, but I just think that he – you know, he, he takes – he commands a lot of the attention uh, when he's in there. And, and this, you know, an underrated part uh, of, uh, of his game that most people probably won't realize – uh, unless you're in Montreal and you watch week in, week out, is on short yardage on offense. Like Dom Davis has had an unbelievable season in short yardage. He's great at it. But, you know, if you take a look, especially from the one-yard line, the push that Sewell typically gets on the left-hand side is absolutely ridiculous. So, you know, he doesn't just do it uh, on the defensive line. He also does it uh, in protection on the offensive line as well, which is fun to see. But for a guy in his mid-30s, man, this guy can still play. And he's a disruptor on the interior, and he's still a handful to deal with. Yeah, using uh, using him like we've seen the Ticats use uh, Julian House there on that offensive line uh, as an old lineman, big, strong guys doing stuff. Uh, let's uh, talk about the linebackers because uh, a couple of times this week when asking about scouting, they're, they're I don't want to say inexperienced, but let's call it an experience. They're a young group. What have you seen from them, though, as somebody who's been watching them day in and day out? Yeah, well, I think, you know, linebackers, they're a little banged up at that position group uh, as a whole uh, Darius Pickett came back he's he's been outstanding I mean you know Pickett moved around the defense last year uh, they had him all over the place this year you know with Patrick Levels uh, with, with the team letting Patrick Levels walk in free agency they put Pickett at Sam linebacker and I mean he's just he's been at a different level I mean he's just he's been so good he's so physical uh, and, and he's just he's really stood out so he's healthy he's back uh, in the middle, uh, you're going to have uh, Micah Awe, a guy who's been around the CFL, uh, been around the NFL as well, had a real good game in Ottawa, had the uh, the fumble recovery that he nearly scored on, made some big tackles, also makes an impact on special teams. Uh, he's a guy who's fit in real nicely. I know there's a lot of Alouettes fans that were concerned when the team relay, released Trey Watson, but you know I think in limited duty, he's probably made more big plays than Watson did at the beginning of the year. It's nothing against Watson. He's a real good player. But, you know, I think Micah Awe might fit the defense a little bit better. Uh, and uh, on the weak side, I mean, it, they're they're down to uh, number three on the depth chart. Chris Aki's been out. Uh, and last week, Terrell Richards, the first overall pick, uh, went out as well. So now they're going to be rotating between a former Ticat and Tyrese Beverett, who's been just an absolute monster on special teams. And he's made some plays on D as well uh, this year. But it looks like he's going to get the bulk of the snaps. And I'd expect to see... Uh, former uh, Caribbean from the University of Montreal, Brian Harrelimana. He's another guy. He's a core special teams guy, but a guy who's made some plays on defense too. Uh, he's uh, They're probably going to rotate in depending on what the ratio looks like at different times throughout the game. But 
that's kind of what the linebackers are going to look like. They're a little banged up, but it's thankfully one of the positions they're pretty deep at. Uh, and before I let you go, all week this week, we've heard the Ticats talk about how important this game is. And, and you know, A, because of their record, but B, because it's the first of a big stretch of divisional games for this team. Has that been echoed in Montreal? Do they do they understand the divisional importance of a game like this? Or because they have those two wins, uh, it's not as, uh, I don't want to say panicky, but it's not as uh, discussed, I guess, this week. No, I think this team really want it, wants to get on a roll. And I think the, the the huge aspect of this one, it's not just an East Division class. It's an ability for the Alouettes to put a little bit of distance between themselves, the Tiger Cats, and the Red Blacks. So, you know, if a, a Montreal win on Thursday night would mean that you're two games ahead of, uh, of Hamilton and that you're at least two games ahead, two or three games ahead, depending on the Argo Red Black situation, uh, on Sunday uh, ahead of the Red Blacks. So, you know, I think it's, you know, as big as it is for Hamilton, I think it's just as big for Montreal. Uh, Montreal made that coaching change a couple of weeks ago. It feels like they're ready to go on a run, uh, but winning in Hamilton is never easy. It took overtime uh, last year uh, to get the job done last October. So, uh, and then they, I mean, I don't have to tell you what happened in the playoffs. Uh, okay. But, I was, I was about uh, to bring it up, but I'm no, glad no, you no, did. Fine. I was going to bring it up. It's all good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's never an easy place to play. The, the crowd's obviously real passionate. It's, it gets real windy at times. So uh, I think it's going to take a perfect game from the Alouettes, uh, to get the job done. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think just to answer your question, yeah, they realize how important this one is. Well, we'll see how it all plays out on Thursday. Ticats, Alouettes. This has been speaking with the enemy, the enemy this week, Joey Alfieri. Thanks for doing this, Joey. Thank you. From all of us here at the Ticats Audio Network, I'm Louis Bucko. Hope you have a great day.